Hello once again and welcome to episode 10 of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. My name is Stacy Knowles, Entertainment Director and Professional Wedding DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. And if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We hope that you get something out of this podcast. Now let me explain to our new listeners what we're all about. The SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast is designed to help brides and grooms who are planning a wedding, but we also provide information for those of you who may be wedding DJs or maybe another wedding vendor or maybe you're just someone interested in weddings in general. Maybe you haven't met that special someone yet and you're just looking for some ideas for when that time comes. Whatever the case may be, we know you will get something out of this information that we share with you in this series of podcasts. I also want to mention that this podcast is designed for all brides and grooms, not just for couples planning a wedding in Pensacola, the Florida Panhandle, or the Gulf Coast. So regardless of where you're listening from, you will benefit from this podcast when it comes to planning a wedding reception. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, this information is for everyone, whether you're getting married in Florida, Montana, or Mongolia. If you haven't listened to our first nine podcast episodes, then I encourage you to check those out. We have a lot of information in those episodes, which will make your wedding planning much simpler and stress-free. And if you'd like to see video footage from some recent weddings, you can also go to our YouTube channel, where you can not only listen to the podcast episodes, but see footage from recent weddings while you listen. We've taken the audio from these podcasts and overlaid them on the video. You can find our YouTube channel by going to YouTube and doing a search for Stacy Knowles DJ. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y. N-O-L-E-S-D-J. Just think Florida State Seminoles and that should help you out. The podcast episodes pop up and uh, you can find them under the Tips for Brides and Grooms playlist on our YouTube channel. Now today's episode, episode 10, will be our final episode in this podcast series. I feel we've covered just about everything we can cover in the series, but that doesn't mean that I won't stop podcasting. You can still feel free to send your questions in, and what I will do is every month we'll do a special podcast where I just simply answer your questions. So just because this is the final episode in this particular podcast series, that doesn't mean I'm going anywhere. We're not going to stop doing podcasts. We're just going to stop doing them on a weekly basis on wedding reception planning after today's episode. I do have some other projects coming up, which I'll be giving details on later, including bringing back the SNDJ Top 10 Countdown Show that we began airing in 2020 and 2021. You can go to our YouTube channel or our Vimeo channel to hear past episodes, and we'll have new episodes later this summer. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get into today's podcast. In this final episode of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast, we're going to continue looking into various parts of the wedding reception. We're going to talk about the bouquet throw and the garter toss. We've talked about those events briefly in episode three when we discussed the wedding reception outline, but we're going to zero in on those events in more detail. We're also going to summarize this podcast series by reviewing some of the highlights we discussed earlier, and we'll conclude this podcast episode by answering some of your questions. Now let's talk about the bouquet throw and the garter toss. The bouquet throw and garter toss are events that have been very popular over the years. However, I have noticed, and other DJs have also mentioned, that more and more couples have decided not to do these traditions, and that's okay. As we've talked about in this series, we will set up your reception the way that you want it, and we'll add or take out any items that you wish to add in or take out. When people have asked me about why these events aren't as popular or why couples are choosing not to do the bouquet or the garter toss as much as they used to, Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're starting to see people getting married later, and a lot of times they may not have many single friends, so they choose to omit these traditions. 
In 2003, when I started SNDJ Entertainment, we were seeing brides and grooms getting married on average between the ages of 23 and 25. Well, today, in 2022, the average couple gets married for the first time between the ages of 28 and 31, so we're seeing our brides and grooms getting married later in life. Also, over the last five to 10 years, I've seen more and more couples getting married for the first time, even in their 30s and even some in their 40s. Another reason I think couples are choosing not to do these traditions is a lot of weddings we do, either the bride, the groom, or both are on their second or even maybe their third marriage, and they choose not to do a lot of the traditional wedding reception events. Well, we're going to talk about the bouquet throw and the garter toss, then we're going to discuss how you can incorporate these events into your reception, even if you don't have any single friends or if this isn't your first wedding. So we're going to talk all about that in this episode. Now, when we do the bouquet throw, we usually do this after the toast, the cake cutting, and before we move into the spotlight dances. As we discussed in episode three, when we talked about the reception outline, we want to make sure that we get all of your events done before we open the dance floor so that you can have these events completed while most of your guests are still there. Now, when we start out with the bouquet throw, I usually call the bride out on the dance floor and I will ask for all the single ladies to join her. Most of the time, the bride will have a special throwaway bouquet for this event so that she can keep the bouquet that she used in her wedding ceremony. We get all the single ladies out on the dance floor. As they are walking out, I usually play an appropriate song. And over the last 10 to 15 years, Single Ladies by Beyonce is probably the most requested song we get for this event. Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper is our second most requested song, but we will play whatever is meaningful for you. Once we have all the single ladies out on the dance floor with the bride, I will give the bride a countdown from three and then she tosses the bouquet on one. I always ask her to make sure that she tosses it away from the DJ table because I've actually caught it myself a couple of times and I've had a bunch of single ladies rushing the DJ table to get it from me. So I always make sure that the bride will throw the uh, bouquet away from the DJ table. Once we have our winner, that's the young lady who caught the bouquet, all the single ladies will then clear the dance floor. I will then ask for a chair to be placed in the middle of the dance floor. The bride will then sit in the chair and the groom will remove the garter. The song Stripper by David Rose is probably our most requested song for this portion, but more recently, brides and grooms have chosen Pony by Genuine during this time. Well, the groom removes the garter, then the bride leaves the dance floor. At this point, I will then ask all the single guys to join the groom out on the dance floor for the garter toss. I will then start the song as the guys make their way onto the dance floor, and I have noticed sometimes it takes me a few tries to get the guys out there because, for whatever reason, guys just aren't as excited about catching the garter as women are about catching the bouquet. But the most requested song that we normally get for this portion is either the Rocky theme, otherwise known as Gonna Fly Now by Bill Conti, or the Mission Impossible theme. Once we get all the single guys out there, we'll do the garter toss just like we did the bouquet throw. I will give the groom a countdown from three and he will toss the garter on one. Now at this point, I will then ask all the single guys to vacate the dance floor except for the gentleman who caught the garter. I will then call the young lady who caught the bouquet to come back out on the dance floor and join him on the dance floor. Now let me stress this next part is optional and we do have an optional event we can do in place of this, which I will talk about in just a second. Here's what I'll do. I'll ask for a chair to be placed in the middle of the dance floor. The young lady who caught the bouquet will sit in the chair and the gentleman who caught the garter will then place it on her leg. Once again, Stripper by David Rose is our most requested song for this portion of the event. Okay, I've had some brides and grooms tell me they don't feel comfortable having the guy who caught the garter placed on the leg of the woman who caught the bouquet. Or let's say one or both are kids, then we could do an alternative. 
Instead of having the young lady sit in a chair in the middle of the dance floor, I would just simply call both her and the guy who caught the garter on the dance floor and give both of them a business card and tell them that when they decide to get married to give me a call and I'll work out a good deal with them since they know the bride and groom. Well, that's cute and it usually gets a good laugh. At that point, the photographer may get a picture of them together. So that's always an alternative that we can consider if you do not want the, to do the garter placement. Now, let's say you don't have any single friends, but you still want to do a bouquet throw and a garter toss. Can you still do that? Well, the answer to that is yes, absolutely. I have met with brides who have mentioned that they don't have any single friends and were really bummed out because they felt they couldn't do a bouquet throw, but you should have seen the look on their faces when I told them that they still could. And here's how we do it. We do it the exact same way, except if instead of calling these, all the single ladies out on the dance floor, we may call all the ladies out on the dance floor. And before the toss, I may say something like, okay, the woman who catches the bouquet will be the next person to win the lottery. Or in one case, we had just gone through Hurricane Sally here on the Gulf Coast. The hurricane came through on Wednesday, and the wedding was that Saturday, just a few days later. At that point, a lot of people in our area were still without power, but the venue wasn't, so the wedding still happened. I called all the ladies out, and I said, okay, the lucky lady who catches the bouquet will be the next person to have her power restored. Well, we did the same thing with the garter toss, so there are ways that we could still incorporate the bouquet throw and the garter toss into your reception, even if you don't have any single friends but still want to do them. I always tell all of my brides and grooms that if you want to do something for your reception, we will make it happen one way or the other. Now, switching gears, since this is our final episode in this series of podcasts, I thought it would be good to talk about some of the important highlights we've discussed, and if you want to know more about these things, you can always go back and listen to the episode where we detail these topics. In episode one, we talked about common myths and truths when it comes to mobile DJs. One common myth I think is very important is a professional wedding DJ will simply show up at your venue, set up their equipment, play music for a few hours, break down, then leave, and that's all they do. Well, there are some wedding DJs who will do that, but if you have a true professional, he or she will not only serve as the person who plays music at your reception, but they will also work with you to plan your reception, work with your other vendors, direct your reception, serve as your MC by making all the important announcements, and making sure the whole evening runs smoothly, and that's the way that you want it. In episode one, we also gave you some tips on how to hire a professional wedding DJ. We went over our responsibilities as professional wedding DJs, we also talked about how I got started and how SNDJ Entertainment got started. So there was a lot of information in Episode 1. In Episode 2, we gave you a complete overview of the entire process of hiring a professional wedding DJ, what we do, the entire planning process, and how we can make your reception planning easier when it comes to directing your reception. In Episode 3, we walked you through a typical wedding reception outline and sequence of events. This is the same outline that we go over with our brides and grooms when we meet with them for the first time to help them begin the planning process. We also discuss time schedules and why you would not want to set a strict timeline for your reception. Then we discussed how much you can expect to pay for a professional wedding DJ. In episode 4, we talked about setting a budget for your wedding, and we also gave you some tips on how you can afford a professional wedding DJ. We also discussed ways that you can save money on your DJ, your venue, and how to save money on your reception altogether and still have a wonderful event. In episode 5, we covered ways to make your wedding reception successful, and I also shared some interesting stories that I've experienced in my almost 19 years of being a professional wedding DJ. In episode 6, we began looking deeper at each individual event at wedding receptions. In this particular episode, we talked about your spotlight dances, how to choose the right song for your first dance, and other important dances. 
We also talked about icebreakers as well. I also answered some of your questions. In episode 7, that was an interesting episode because we gave you some tips on how to become a professional wedding DJ if you were thinking about getting into this business. We felt this was very important for brides and grooms to learn about so that they could see what kind of training it takes to become a professional wedding DJ. In episode 8, we discussed your wedding ceremony and how to choose music for your ceremony. We then talked about toast and we also talked about the proper way to give them and then we concluded that episode by answering more of your questions. And finally, in episode 9, we discussed your pre-reception visiting time for your guest, your dinner music, we talked more about giving toast, and we discussed your cake cutting before we answered more of your questions. So that gives you an overview of the podcast series so that you can go back and listen to the information. Again, this entire podcast series is about 19 years of things I've learned in this business and what has been most successful at making brides and grooms happy just like you. That's what we want to do. We want to make you very happy in the end. Now let's answer some of your questions. Susie emailed me and asked me what happens if another vendor comes up to the DJ during the reception and says that they want to make a change to the written planner. Well, thank you, Susie, for that question. That does happen from time to time. My rule is we don't change the planner unless it comes directly from the bride and groom. So let's say another vendor, such as a waitstaff member, wedding coordinator, or someone else comes up and says, quote, the bride wants to change this or that. Well, I simply thank them for coming up to me, and then I go and talk to the bride myself and ask her if she wanted to make a change. If she she says she did, then we'll go ahead and change it. If she doesn't want to make the change, then we won't change it. Here's an example. One time I was hosting a wedding reception at a hotel in Pensacola. I had already set up the planner with the bride. She had looked it over, approved it, and we made sure everything was how she wanted it. On the planner, it said we would open up the buffet line after the wedding party introductions, and our bride and groom would lead the buffet line, followed by their parents, grandparents, wedding party, and then their guests. That's the way we do it 99% of the time. Well, following the ceremony, the bride and groom were outside with the wedding party taking pictures, and I was uh, playing some background music. Well, the mother of the groom came up to me and said, I just spoke to the catering staff. They said dinner's ready, so you can go ahead and announce everyone can eat. Well, I said thank you for telling me that, but on our planner, the bride and groom want to open up the buffet after we do their intros so that they can lead the buffet line. Well, the mother of the groom then said, no, you can go ahead and tell them the buffet is open now. These people are hungry and they don't want to wait to eat. The bride will not mind. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ask the bride and see what she wants to do. And if she tells me to go ahead and let everyone start eating, then I'll do that. So I walked outside where the bride and groom were taking their, their pictures with the wedding party. And I spoke to the bride, and she said she wanted to keep things the way we had it on the planner. So I said, okay, I just wanted to check. She then said, don't listen to my mother-in-law. She can be pushy at times. I want to do things the way we discussed it and what's on the planner. Now, looking back, I am glad I verified with the bride and did not just take the mother of the groom's word for it. Can you imagine what would have happened if I would have opened up that buffet line and the bride and groom came in and saw people already eating after we discussed you know, the plan and everything? So that's our rule. We stick to the planner unless the bride or the groom personally tell us that they want to make a change. And if anyone else comes up telling us to change something, we're always going to verify with the bride first. Great question, and thank you for asking that. Dave asked if any of the couples that I've ever worked with have gotten divorced or have any of our couples broken up and had to cancel their wedding. Yes, I know of a few couples who have gotten divorced. I remain friends with many of my couples, and from time to time, there will be ones who just won't work out. They had a great wedding, they had a great reception, but their marriage just didn't work out for one reason or another. I haven't had a bride hire me to do her wedding twice, though. I would say most of the time, the brides and grooms who get divorced either choose not to get married again, or they may choose to get married at the courthouse. 
I've also had couples break up before their wedding, and that's unfortunate, but it does happen. One couple in particular canceled their wedding twice. Now let me explain this one. I met this particular bride and groom at a wedding show I did a few years ago. We scheduled a consultation, met at Starbucks, and they both were excited and decided to pay their retainer fee and book on the spot. Well, that was in January, and their wedding was set for the next September. So we were all set. Well, around mid-June, about three months before her wedding, the bride contacted me, told me they were no longer together and that the wedding was off. Well, I told her I was sorry to hear that and to contact me again if she ever needed DJ services. Well, less than a year later, actually that next February, she emailed me, told me they had gotten back together and that their new wedding date was that November she wanted me to be her DJ. I said, great. Would you like to schedule another consultation just so we can go over everything and refresh your memory a little bit? She said yes, so we met again at the same Starbucks we had met a year before. We reserved the new date. They made plans to get married at a historic mansion in southern Alabama, and I had worked with all of her other vendors before, so I was excited about this wedding, and I was glad to see that they had gotten back together. Okay, now fast forward to October. That's one month before their wedding. I get another email from her telling me they had broken up again and the wedding was off again. I told her I was sorry to hear that once again and told her to call me if she should ever need DJ services again in the future. Well, I never heard from her again, but a little over a year later in December, I got a call from the groom and he informed me that he had met someone new and they were now engaged. And they were planning their wedding for the following September and they booked me for their wedding. So I ended up hosting the groom's wedding and everything went great. He got married to a really nice girl. By the time his wedding took place, it was almost two years since him and the previous bride's second engagement was broken off. That's been the only time I've ever had the bride and groom cancel twice because they broke up twice. Well, Monica wants to know if I've ever had to back out of a wedding or event because I got sick or had some type of emergency, and if I did, what, what did I do and how did I handle that for my client? Well, I can honestly say in my almost 19 years, I have never had to back out of an event because of getting sick or an emergency. However, that doesn't mean I've always felt good going to weddings, like maybe experiencing a head cold or something like that. There have been times when I wasn't feeling my best, but I didn't want to let my clients down, so I would take some Tylenol and do what I had to do in order to get through the event, then go home and go to bed. So there have been a few times that I felt under the weather, but still felt well enough to do the event and managed to do a good job for my brides and grooms. I've not had any cases where I was so sick that I couldn't do the event. And as I tell my clients, in order for me to back out of your event, I would have to have a major medical emergency or basically be almost dead. I'd pretty much have to be in the hospital. But to answer the second part, do I have a plan in place in case something did happen that would cause me to have to back out at the last minute? And the answer to that is yes. Any professional wedding DJ or professional wedding vendor would always have a backup plan. And I know other professional wedding DJs in the area that I could call on them to take the event if needed. And during the course of this entire podcast series, we've talked about how we prepare everything on a written planner for our brides in the weeks leading to their wedding. So if there was an emergency and I had to back out at the last minute for whatever reason, I can then give that planner to another DJ and say, here's what the bride and groom want, here's the planner, the sequence of events, and the music the bride and groom want, go for it. Then he or she would have everything ready to go. I've had several DJs that I can call and usually we're not all booked at the same time. But let's say that the DJs I would call or book, then they know other DJs that they could call, so we would be able to find someone to step in at the last minute if needed. That is unless every single professional wedding DJ within 200 miles was booked at the same time, which is almost nearly impossible. I've never heard of anything like that happening, so that's not very likely. Somebody would be available to come take your wedding if, if we did have an emergency like that. 
So that's our plan if something were to happen. I've even jokingly told my clients that if I didn't just show up for their wedding, then just do me a favor and please call 911 because if I didn't show up and you haven't heard from me, then well, trust me, I'm pretty much laying in a ditch somewhere and unable to communicate. So please call out the, the search squad because I'm definitely in trouble if I just don't show up for your wedding. But as I said before, in my almost 19 years of being a professional wedding DJ, I've never had to back out at the last minute because of an emergency for myself. However, I have filled in for other DJs who may have had an emergency on their part and needed me to take their event. For instance, one of my local DJs in, in my area uh, had his mom pass away the day before an event, so he called me. I told him not to worry about it, offered my condolences, and asked him to send me their music playlist. So I went and filled in for him so that he could take care of his family business that he needed to take care of. I was glad that I was able to step in and relieve him of some stress. So yes, we do have plans in place in case there is an emergency. Carrie wants to know about consultations and what happens when we meet with a potential client. We talked about this more in detail in another episode, but here's the short version. When a couple contacts me and wants to schedule a consultation, we can either conduct the consultation in person or by video or phone, their preference. Of course, during COVID, we conducted all of our consultations through video on Zoom. Either way, the concept is the same. Whether I'm meeting with a couple over video or in person, the first thing I like to do is ask the couple how they met, how did he propose, and learn more about them. Then we go over a sample outline of a wedding reception. I show them some samples of past planners from brides and grooms so that they can see how we organize their reception. Then we talk about our packages. We discuss their wedding and what they envision, and then we talk about their venue and help them pick a package that's right for them. I will also give them a copy of the contract, and they don't have to book on the spot. I do have couples who want to go ahead and seal the deal at the consultation, and they're certainly welcome to do that, but a lot of times I will let them go home, review everything we talked about, and then they can pay their retainer fee and return the contract in a couple of days if that's what they wish to do. Sarah asked a question along those same lines. She wants to know if we can hold a date without a, a contract and a retainer fee and what happens if we have two clients who want the same date. Again, excellent question. Now, we cannot hold a date without a retainer fee and a contract because the retainer fee and the contract secures your date. However, here's how we handle two clients having the same date. Let's say I meet with a client, we're going to call them Client A for a particular date. We go over everything and they love what we have to offer. Well, they tell me they want to talk things over and they tell me that they'll be booking in a few days or maybe even the next week. Well, the date is not officially booked for them since they have not signed the contract and paid the retainer fee. Now, let's say I have another client, we'll call them Client B, who calls or emails me a few days later inquiring about the same date. So what happens now? Well, at this point, I would go back to Client A and tell them that I've had another inquiry for their date and then give them a chance to book by paying their retainer fee and signing the contract and I usually do this before I even send the client B a wedding, con a wedding packet. Well, if client A goes ahead and books, then I tell client B the date is no longer available and the date is now client A's. However, let's say client A either doesn't respond right away or they tell me that they still aren't ready to book. Well, I'll, I'll then send client B a wedding packet and schedule a consultation with them if that's what they wish to do. That, again, that date is still open. At this point, it's a matter of who gets the retainer fee and the contract to me first. That's who gets the, gets the date. But whenever we have two clients inquiring about the same date, we always give the client who inquired first a chance to reserve that date before it's no longer available. Great question. Well, our last question comes from Mary. She wants to know, what is the most enjoyable part of my job? 
Once again, a very good question. I'm sure you're expecting me to say something like the most enjoyable part of my job is having access to all this music, being able to play music at loud volumes, and getting paid to do something fun. Well, all that is true, but if I had to pick what the most enjoyable part of my job would be, I would have to say it's making brides and grooms happy. Yes, it's nice having access to all the music and it's fun playing music in front of people, but for me, when I see a bride smiling at the end of her reception and she comes up, hugs me, and thanks me for making her day the best day of her life, well, that's the most enjoyable part and rewarding part to me. When I see a bride smiling and on cloud nine at the end of her wedding day, it's just it just really just reinforces why I got into this business in the first place, and it's a very special feeling, too, when you see that couple, their guests, and everyone leaving saying, that was the best reception I have ever been to. Well, that's going to wrap up this final episode of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. Once again, my name is Stacy Knowles, Entertainment Director and Professional Wedding DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. I hope you've gotten something out of these uh, last 10 episodes, and I hope it helps you with your wedding planning. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, just because this is the final episode in this series does not mean we won't be doing any more future podcasts. We just won't be doing them on a weekly basis, and we may be covering some other topics as well. I will do some more podcasts where I answer your questions, so please feel free to reach out and continue to send your questions. You can reach me by text or phone call on the SNDJ phone number, which is 850-501-1590. Again, that's 850-501-1590. Or you can email me directly at weddings at SNDJPensacola.com. That's weddings at SNDJPensacola.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for SNDJ Entertainment. You can find us on YouTube by searching for Stacy Knowles DJ. Again, that's Stacy Knowles DJ, S-T-A-C-E-Y-N-O-L-E-S-D-J. And we have several ways that we can keep in touch. Thank you once again for listening. I'll talk to you again in the future. Until then, take care and God bless.